Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Hi, friends. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. I am extremely excited because I will be answering your questions today. I had anybody and everybody write into the podcast at our email. I always say our email. I mean, my email. (laughs) Hello at twistypod.com or message me on Instagram if you had any kind of just juicy advice questions for an advice segment on the podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts that are dedicated every single episode to answering advice questions from callers, from people that just write in, and I think it is fascinating. Honestly, I'm not really sure if I'm in any way qualified to be doing this. Actually, full disclosure, absolutely not qualified to be doing this, but that's kind of that's kind of the fun. Like you want maybe me as your little sister, big sister, however I fall into the age category of your life, to offer an unbiased perspective on whatever you might be battling in your life right now. And for me, that sounds like <laughs> so much fun. I think I've had too much caffeine, so I have the giggles over here. But before we jump in, I just want to give a very sincere and grateful thank you for such positive feedback on the last episode of the podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, I was just extremely vulnerable and very scared to even upload that episode because it just kind of felt like I was whining, I was complaining, I was just felt very, I don't know, just coming from a point of annoyance, especially in my brain. And I think it's because a lot of times, especially when you're thinking about imposter syndrome, or you're even just thinking about your own feelings, a lot of times, you will invalidate yourself and you will invalidate what you're feeling because it doesn't feel significant enough in comparison to real struggles that are happening in the world or just real problems. And I didn't want to make a podcast that was so negative And I didn't want to share something that just didn't feel authentic to me. But what I realize now is that it was, I guess, I hate being like, I'm so authentic. But I enjoyed, I guess, just being very open with you all and not just slapping a Band-Aid over my emotions for the day and really just venting it out. And having this podcast is such a personal platform. And the people that tune in every single week, I know are like we have such a special connection, you know, and I can genuinely feel that. And I know who you are. I know who you are. It sounds so creepy. But I I genuinely get to connect with so many of you. And when you respond to a podcast and you write into me in my email or you send me an Instagram message and you give me feedback or you, you tell me how you resonated with it, it makes me so beyond happy. And in some ways, almost happier than a comment on a YouTube video because it feels so much more personal that you would take the time to listen to the podcast. So I just want to thank you for just being so kind and loving and just really supportive because that's not something that 
you know, you always get to feel when you're just caught up in your emotions and you never voice them outwardly to anybody else. And sometimes it can be really scary, but I just really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for tuning in and just being here every single week. It means the world to me. And I promise I'm not going to have another super sappy episode for some time. I hope. (laughs) I never can really predict what the future will bring, of course, with our emotions. But honestly, especially with today's episode, let's just have a good time. Let's vent it out. Let's help people with their problems. And let's get the heck into it. Okay. Hi, Taylor. I'd love if you talked about how to differentiate between construct. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. ...criticism and people putting you down. It's really hard to know when I should listen to and follow advice or criticism I get, and when I need to just brush past it and keep doing what I'm doing. I love your videos, and I'm so glad I came across your podcast again, because I think we all need a little bit more of you in our lives. Oh my gosh, that is the sweetest comment. Okay, I think with constructive criticism and people putting you down, there's a huge difference in tone, and there's a huge difference in, hopefully, the way that they approach the situation. So if somebody is purposefully putting you down, I feel like it will most of the time be coming from a point of jealousy and envy. I think when people are wanting to put you down, sometimes it can be very evident, especially if they're putting you down for things that are extremely insignificant or things that are just so petty that you wonder why they would even be mentioning that in the first place. Like, for example, if somebody was being really rude to you about posting a selfie on your Instagram feed and they're saying, hey, like you look like you're too into yourself because you're posting a picture of yourself. First of all, um, politely, fuck them. No way. That specifically would be coming out of a point of jealousy because there is no reason why you should not celebrate yourself and love yourself by posting an Instagram photo. Like who the heck cares? But if it was something a little bit more serious or if it's something that maybe was coming from a place of love, I feel as if that would be constructive criticism, especially if they approach it a lot more kindly. If somebody said to you, hey, I really value our friendship, but I'm not feeling as much love from you right now. I'm feeling like I'm putting a lot of effort in, but you're not returning any of it. I would love if you maybe invited me over more often or you responded to my texts more. I feel like that would be a little bit more constructive criticism because they're voicing from a place of love and concern and they actually have interest in the situation to make your friendship stronger. But if somebody was trying to put you down, they might say maybe negative things to you or behind your back, like, you've changed, you don't have time for me anymore, you're not the same person you used to be. That's not them wanting to help you, that's them wanting to put you down to validate themselves. And if that's the case, then that's something that needs to be addressed a lot further. That's them wanting to put you down to lift themselves up. But if we took the former situation where they're just trying to maybe have an open conversation with you, 
then that would be a little bit more the constructive criticism route. Maybe that's the best way to differentiate between if they actually want to have a conversation with you or they're just trying to pick an argument or they're just trying to put you down to make themselves feel better. Either way, I think in all situations like that, communication is 100% key. I think that's the most overused phrase of all time, but there is never a situation where communicating too much is bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure, some people can overshare, but so what? You know, like at least you're sharing and you're not holding back any of your feelings. All right, this is a little bit of a long one. So here we go. Dear Taylor, I have liked this guy since November 2019, and I kept my feelings private because I wasn't sure he felt the same way. I had underlying feelings for him up until the day I told him, July 4th, 2020. However, he told me in about March that him and his girlfriend had broken up. I didn't even know he had a girlfriend whom had apparently been with him since January. So I was happy, of course, but also like, huh. So we kept snapping after that, and he would progressively snap me more and more and share more little random things with me, which is why I finally got the courage to share how I felt with him in July. Okay, but here's the thing. Some days he is constantly snapping me, then others I'll see that he's active. However, he isn't responding to me and he's responding to other people. He recently asked for my number only to talk to me two days over there and crickets since. I decided not to open his snap yesterday until around noon and lo and behold, around 1030, I saw where he had DM'd me on Insta. What does this mean? If he wasn't interested at all, then why would he DM me after seeing I was ignoring him? But at the same time, why ignore me when it's clear that you have the time and are talking to other people? Keep in mind that he also watched my YouTube videos since I started and that he always hypes me up. I don't even know. Okay, what I want to know is what his reaction was when you told him on the 4th of July. Was it really positive? Was it kind of awkward? I mean, sometimes telling people that you like them in general is extremely vulnerable and really a scary thing to do. So I completely understand if it was kind of just a strange situation, but I really want to know how he reacted in that moment because I would say that whether or not he responded by telling you that he did like you, which I feel like you would have mentioned if he did, he obviously wasn't scared enough to to not continually keep talking to you. My suggestion would be to only text him for a short period of time. You can send him a few snaps here and there, but don't try and make it a full-blown conversation. See how that goes. See how well he responds here and there. And try your best to also carry the conversation. Because sometimes guys just give up if they have a hard time carrying on the conversation and they just won't respond. But make sure you're asking questions too beyond just the obvious, like, how are you? How are you doing? I'm tired of COVID, whatever try and keep it as interesting as possible and just give some effort there. And hopefully things will be a little bit more fluid via text. But if he is intentionally not responding for an extended period of time and you're seeing that he is online or he's not replying to you, but he's talking to other people, then I would not put all of your eggs in his basket because you deserve better. Taylor, I would love for you to talk about influencers photoshopping and surgery and how they set unrealistic expectations for how our body should look, how it's important to embrace our bodies. I'm 19 and it took me a while to understand this. And I saw a few videos of other positive influencers, Danae Mercer, show how Instagrammers pose to show a more lean figure or a larger bum. 
Honestly, if you have listened to my podcast since day one, or you've even just gone back and listened to my first episode, I think it's called Why Can't I Facetune My Life? This was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to start a podcast. And not specifically a podcast, but more so the reason why I wanted to just start a conversation beyond this persona that people will place online. It scares the living shit out of me that there are so many people out there that have massive platforms that look like completely different humans in real life. And I think that as somebody who is on YouTube or has a podcast, Instagram, whatever, that is something that terrifies me because it would be my literal biggest fear if one of you saw me in person and you thought that I did not look or act the same as I did online. And of course, like, it's not normal for anybody to just sit in their closet and record their voice for a podcast for an hour, or to sit in their bedroom and record themselves working out and post YouTube videos about it. Like, that's not a normal thing. But when we're talking about face tuning or photoshopping and all of these things that are almost like weirdly expected of you, if you're going to have, let's say specifically, an Instagram following, that is wild. It is so beyond harmful to so many young, impressionable children and teenagers, young adults, even myself, because it is absolutely so unrealistic. And I was actually just listening to Mia Khalifa talk on a podcast, I think with Philip DeFranco. She was basically talking about how she just went to get a nose job. And I want to say that she had a deviated septum. So maybe she was getting it for more reasons than just aesthetics. But her main goal was to ensure that her face still looked like her face even after the nose surgery. And when she was going in to get all of these consultations, she said that these plastic surgeons refer to certain surgeries that you can get as like the Instagram face. And I didn't even know that was a thing. But if people go in and they're asking for this kind of like pinched nose and these lifted eyebrows and these lifted eyes and these Botox and these cut jaw lines, that is an Instagram face to a plastic surgeon because people will literally go into these plastic surgery places, maybe show pictures of what they want their face to look like so it will look better for their Instagram feed. And of course, maybe they have more intentions than just getting a good Instagram photo. But it is wild that we have come to a point in our world where people want to go get plastic surgery done to look like somebody that they're seeing online, or they're so invested in their social media presence that they need to go get these surgeries done and then lie about it. Because here's the thing. I want Botox. I could, I'm not even going to lie about it. I don't want lip fillers, really. I don't even want like any sort of nose job, whatever. But I know that I have certain insecurities on my face that I want Botox for. And I have always promised myself if that's something I ever want to go and do. Like, for example, I'm super self-conscious about my forehead wrinkles. They're just part of my face. I've had them since I was a child, but I don't really like them. And if I were to ever fix them, or if I were to ever go somewhere and get plastic surgery, Botox, what I don't even know what it's called. If I were to ever go get that kind of operation done, I would be 100% transparent with every single platform or every single person that follows me because 
there's nothing wrong with going to go get plastic surgery. There's nothing wrong with Botox. There's nothing wrong with lip fillers. But where I find the fault is when people lie about it or they're sneaky about it or when they pretend they haven't done it. And that's the actual uh, fiscal side of it. Then there's the side of it where people will literally facetune themselves but haven't gotten any sort of work done, but they're just photoshopping their photos so much that they genuinely don't look like the person that they are. And like I said, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, changing your body if you want to go get plastic surgery and it's going to make you happy if it's something you've always wanted. There should absolutely be no shame in that because I truly don't think that there is. But when you're lying to your audience and you're saying that you're all natural or this is your no, your normal look or blah, 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 it's not photoshopped, that is problematic. When you have an audience of any size, of any demographic, and you're promoting yourself as somebody that is natural, when you know that you are not, it is so like, I was going to say unlawful, which kind of maybe it is. It's just unethical. It's gross. It's icky. It makes me feel bothered. It makes me feel down about myself because how do you really know the truth? And that's also harmful too. You don't really know if they're lying. You don't know if they're telling the truth or not. And if we want to dive into the Facetune side of things, everybody has probably Facetuned a photo once or twice in their life. You know, if you have a big pimple or something and you don't want it in a photo, Facetune it out. I don't really think there's a problem with that. I've definitely done it. I feel like where there was... I think my first profile picture or something on YouTube or so, I don't know, a photo a long time ago, I had this like massive pimple in between my eyebrows and I photoshopped it out because I wanted it to be my profile picture and I didn't want to have a massive pimple in my profile picture. But <laughs> I feel like that's on kind of like this lower scale of photoshopping, if we're being honest, hopefully. But there are a lot of tools, especially on Facetune, the app, if you're not familiar that literally will allow you to cinch your waist in, um, emphasize your butt, emphasize your boobs, take away wrinkles, conceal things, smooth things, Photoshop things to make you look, I don't know, whatever way that you want to look to fit your feet or to, to fit some sort of image that you want to uphold online. And you know what? If that's what you want to be doing with your days, with your life, I don't really see that much harm in it if you're being honest. I used to follow a YouTuber named Blair Walnuts who kind of started this trend of Facetune versus reality where she would post her Facetune photo or maybe just her edited photo and then she would literally write in the caption, I did this to the photo. I enhanced my lips. I chiseled down my leg. Chiseled. <laughs> Whatever. She started talking about everything that she did to the photo but she would still post it and she might even post the original to show the comparison. But it, it helped in some ways to break down the fakeness of it all. But at the end of the day, it's still such a harmful thing to be doing, especially when you're messing with removing things, cinching in your waist, emphasizing your bum. And it's so sad because there are people who have millions and millions of followers who set this kind of standard of beauty that is completely fake. It is not real, especially for men. I feel like they're all convinced now that we're just these little bobbleheads that have these tiny little waists and big fat asses that literally nobody has. <laughs> but 
Facetune allows you to make it. It's just so beyond unhealthy. And I think that's why some people really gravitate to other platforms a lot more lately, like TikTok or sometimes even YouTube or Twitter, wherever, where there's kind of, you know, every platform has their own pressures or stigmas, but it's a lot different than Instagram where everything has to be so perfectly curated. And sometimes it's fun. And sometimes, you know, you're inspiring people or you're putting out a fun post just to spread joy, or maybe you're sharing a workout. I don't know. But I always just find it problematic when this has become some sort of standard that you have to uphold, that you have to follow. And let's say you're somebody who actually posts a natural photo, people like trolls on the internet will attack you for being completely yourself, completely normal, because they're so used to seeing these photoshopped robots, you know, I'm kind of getting a little bit uh, heated about this. But it's, it's very problematic. And the sad part is, is that it doesn't really seem like there will be a foreseeable end to it. I think what is important is almost like finding the glasses to wear that will help you identify when you see this kind of picture or to note when you think something is photoshopped and to be very aware of it. It's unfortunate when people try and lie and say that it's not photoshopped or when they haven't gotten plastic surgery, when we all clearly know that they have. But I think having that awareness as an audience member, as a consumer of the media, can at least help you be a little bit more thoughtful about what you're consuming. And if it is unhealthy for you, if you are following somebody that maybe you idolize, but you have uh, recently recognized that they're not who they say they are, then maybe it's time to be a little bit more discernful about why you like them or what you look up to them for. Yeah. Am I allowed to get off my high horse now? (laughs) Should I get off the soapbox? I think it's just important to be honest. And whenever you need to Photoshop something, and trust me, it's normal, people do it. um, I think it's just, it's cool to be a little bit more transparent about it. That's my take. That's my take. I'll tell you when I get my Botox. I'll tell you when I take my fat pimples out of my photos. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, yeah, <laughs> let's just be honest. Okay, I talked about this a bit in, I think, an episode two episodes ago, but this asks how to navigate trying to live a fit and healthy lifestyle while also being at university and wanting to eat junk and drink too many white claws. <laughs> this is not like the popular answer or probably like what you would expect me to say, but I think that you just kind of need to live your life, (laughs) especially if you are a first year at the university or maybe even a second year, third year, fourth year, honestly, any time at the university, there will be so many points of your time there where you just want to have late night pizza with your friends. You just want to go out and have a good time at the bar. You just want to go to a party. And I feel like I look back 
more regretfully at the times I didn't do those things than the times I actually did do them. And when I went to college, I probably gained 15 pounds. I probably gained the freshman 15. I don't even fully remember, but I know it was because I was drinking more than I had been. I know it was because I was indulging more than usual, but I was having such a good time. I don't think I was caring about the weight or wanting to just, you know, have a salad every second of the day. But where I feel like you can find a good balance is just controlling your workouts or your food intake during the day or during the week. Because I I mean, it just it changes dependent on what school you're on. But I would say for the most part, a lot of schools or universities will party, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or you know, just on the weekends or something. So if that means Sunday through Thursday during the day, you're eating well, you're going to the gym, and you're just trying to kind of balance out your weekend time, I think that's great. I'm just the kind of person that resonates, especially eating food with good memories. Like that's a way that I connect with people. That's a way that I bond with others. If people want to order a pizza, then I'm all in because I feel like somehow it resonates with creating a good time. And, you know, sometimes that means you're going to have too many white claws or sometimes that means you're probably going to indulge more than you normally would. But I feel like, as a, you know, of course, with safety and moderation and at the appropriate age, of course, you're always going to have a good time and you're always going to enjoy those moments with your friends, with your loved ones. And, you know, there's going to be times also when you're going to say, hey, you know what? I'm perfectly fine if everybody orders pizza. I'm a little bit too full right now. I don't want to have some. But I wouldn't ever hold yourself back because you're concerned about the balance of it all or the lifestyle that is happening because truly it is temporary. It is such a unique time in your life where you're just having fun and being in school and meeting so many new people. And I don't want you to ever look back at those times regretfully or you didn't want to do something because it meant that you were going to be sacrificing your diet or your workout schedule. Try and find your balance during the week, indulge on the weekends or however your party schedule works and just kind of go with the flow. Honestly, don't stress about it too much. I Like I said, I don't think that's the answer that you want me to say, but I just want you to live your life. You know, it's all about balance. And it's just such a short period of time, even though it's four years, it truly will go by in the blink of an eye. And you never want to look back at it, thinking that you spent those days just, you know, trying to prioritize your oatmeal or something. I don't know. All right, we have another long message here. So, Hola, Taylor. A couple months ago, when quarantine started, I was abroad doing some freelancing and had to rush back home before borders closed. I was staying with my best friend from college and her boyfriend. Originally, I was going to be staying for about two months working freelance sound gigs. I do do location sound mixing. Awesome. My friend and her boyfriend also do freelance, but photography and videography. Everything was fine until I started bringing up that I might have to leave sooner than planned. They got weird and he, I think she means the boyfriend, would tell me that I needed to be smart. My friend would just go along with what he said. Oh, so this boyfriend's being the shithole. Okay, (laughs) sorry, I'm already making judgments. (laughs) They would say that I should stay and make content with them that would benefit us all. That sounds nice, right? The thing is, is that they weren't going to pay me and it felt like they just wanted me to stay to do sound for them. I should also mention that I was paying my friend to stay with them and cover any added expenses to their bills. Wow, that was nice of you. 
All my paying gigs started getting canceled, and then my airline canceled my flight to come home. Oh, no. I was on the phone with the airline for two hours trying to see if there was a chance a flight would open up sooner rather than later, but nada. That's when I made the decision to fly back immediately, and I bought a different ticket. To give you an idea, it was 6 p.m. when I got on the phone to change my ticket, and it was 9 p.m. when I bought the new one, and my flight left the next day at 7 a.m. Oh my god, I'm stressed just reading this. I was stressed because at that point, the country I was flying to announced borders would be closing within the next two days at any moment. Not once did my friend or her boyfriend come in to check on what was going on, and things got very tense when I told them I was leaving the next day. I needed to go drop off my rental car and asked if they would mind driving with me to come back and pack. They did it, but let's just say not with the best mood. Ugh, rude. When we were driving back from dropping off the car, my friend did not say anything. And the guy kept saying, be smart. And they both just got cold with me. Why is he being such a fucking asshole? Sorry, I am invested. <laughs> I went to bed hearing them murmur about how I was probably making a dumb decision and missing out on them making content. I don't know, but I have a theory that they just wanted me around to make free content and use my sound equipment and abilities. You are exactly right. Continuing on. It's been months since this happened and I've texted with my friend, but she keeps quote unquote showing off their productivity and it feels like our conversations are forced. I felt the biggest productivity shame for the longest time. And even though now I have work and I keep busy, I don't share any of my news with her. I don't even know how to bounce back from the tension and disappointment I have towards her. I also used to get along great with her boyfriend, but I have a gut feeling that since I left, he does not like me anymore. I am sure they have vetted about me to each other. Sometimes I think it's better when she doesn't respond to my texts, and it's been over a month since she last wrote for my birthday. Even then, it felt like she was forced to wish me a happy birthday. Do you have any idea what I might have done wrong or what your take is? I love your YouTube and podcast, and it would just mean a lot to get some perspective on this. Love from Columbia. Oh my goodness, golly gosh. Okay. I feel like I am so invested in here with you and truly we need to get to the bottom of this. So my immediate gut is telling me that your friend and her boyfriend are mad because you came and stayed with them while you were doing your freelance. And I think I'm under the impression that the three of you were working together, although it doesn't seem like you were getting paid, which is completely unethical. But they got too comfortable just abusing your free labor. They're mad because you took action and had to leave the country, especially when everything was going south for you, when your gigs were getting canceled. And they're clearly just jealous because they wanted to have you around to help them cover the expenses of their bills again. They probably wanted to use your skills and your talents. And they're truly just envious and probably bitter themselves. It sounds very petty on their side of the situation. I don't really understand why they aren't being understanding. You were clearly in a pickle and you were trying to do what was best for you by getting out of your current situation. And it seems like you did the right thing as things seem like they're better for you now. I'm assuming they were probably caught off guard because they probably didn't understand the situation where you were on the phone with the airline and they canceled your flight you booked your new flight, it was leaving the next morning, and I'm sure they were just bitter because it felt like you were just leaving immediately, when honestly, that's just how airlines work. They offer you the first flight that they find, and you have to take it or you're going to get screwed. So I think that if you're truly interested in mending this friendship moving forward, it's very important that you probably start with your friend and not the boyfriend. The boyfriend's just going to be bitter and tagging along with whatever your friend is thinking because that's just what couples do. But 
I think if this is something that you're interested in keeping intact, what I would do is probably confront the situation head on. And as awkward as it is, I think probably the reason why it's boiled up to this point is because of what it seems like is a lot of passive aggressiveness, where nothing was really said, but, you know, things were just very hurtful, especially when the boyfriend was like, be smart. Shut up, dude. Sorry, I don't know him, but that made me angry. (laughs) Even if you just have to be the bigger person and apologize that you left in a hurry and you just were trying to look out for yourself and, and do what was right to, you know, not go broke or lose your business or anything, I think sometimes that can be the best situation to just be the bigger person for a second. Um, And hopefully she can also admit where she was wrong and she was petty. And hopefully things could go back a little bit more towards normal. But I do think that you should forgive yourself because it seems like you're holding a lot of guilt for a situation that you really didn't have control over. This sort of seems like it was out of your hands, especially if this was all happening because of COVID. You were just trying to act on what was the best thing for you to do. That is really scary when the world is falling into a global pandemic and you're not in your home country. So I would definitely say that you need to give yourself a little bit more grace. You have to take this burden off of yourself that you have placed because I truly don't think that you are to blame. It seems very petty also that your friend is, like you said, quote unquote, showing off the productivity and every conversation you're having is just feeling very forced. It obviously feels like she's still bitter and she's still holding on to this grudge. So my recommendation would be to just bring it up. And if it's so awkward that it just sort of dissolves your further conversations, then she's not a good enough friend that is fighting for your friendship. But if you and her are in a great state of mind where you can come to a peaceful agreement or you can just sweep this under the rug, then you can repair the friendship with her and deal with the boyfriend next. But I don't think that you did anything wrong. I think you need to be a little bit kinder to yourself. Understand that this was a stressful situation. You did what was best for you. And for now, I think that is all she wrote. Folks, I am on my way to my next workout class. Yes, the continuation of the workout class saga. I am loving it. I'm having the best time. I'm feeling just really happy and empowered. And I'm finally feeling like I'm in a good place with my workout routine, my workout schedule. I've actually been asked a lot what's been going on with my workout routine and my schedule, my split, whatever. I think because obviously I was sharing so much with my 75 hard journey and now it's just been like, what's next? Which speaking of, that was one month ago that I finished 75 hard and I feel like my life has been so different since. But right now I'm just trying to do what makes me happy and not stress out about it. I'm not trying to tell myself I have to work out X amount of times a week. I'm not telling myself I have to work out if I really, really don't want to. Like yesterday, I was having just a really bad day and I just didn't work out. I could have, I should have, I didn't and it's fine, but I'm trying not to get too upset about it. But I'm going to my workout class around three times a week and then two or three other times a week. I'm either going on walks on the treadmill, doing an incline 12, 330. I'm going on runs. I go on a walk pretty much every evening or nighttime or whatever with Keith. So just trying to walk as much as I can because I'm so darn sedentary all day long. 
and really just trying to be happy. I don't know. I'm just kind of in a place where I just want to prioritize my health. I don't want to focus on my weight. I don't want to focus on numbers. I don't want to focus even on eating vegetables. Like, yes, I want to eat vegetables, but I just don't want to stress so much and I don't want to be restrictive and I just want to listen to my body. And I encourage you to do the same. So again, that is all she wrote. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Don't Get It Twisted. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on any social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. And I'd love to reach out to you and I would love to chat with you. If you have any more questions, always feel free to email the podcast hello at twistypod.com. DM me on Instagram, wherever you see fit. I am always happy to chat with you all. I love you all so freaking much. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you next week with another episode. Love you all.